Episode 19, Canadian Drone Hub, DJI Update and Rumors, June 22nd, 2019. Got that coming up next. On Saturday, June 22nd, I gave my weekly DJI update and rumors to Canadian Drone Hub. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and roll that in its entirety. Um, have problems. Oh, Bill's on. Hi, good Bill. morning. How you doing? Good. Mo How are you guys? Hey, Curtis. How is How everybody? Doing, Hello, Bill. Good morning. Boy, I tell you what, what a week. Um, you know, first of all, I want to say something. Um, the information that we've been hearing has been coming from Drone DJ, and I've been taking some heat, well, from a couple of particular um, drone people regarding Drone DJ, and I, and I have to say this. I personally met Hey Kestelou, who runs Drone DJ, and he's part of the 9 to 5 group. Hey Kestelou has an incredible reputation in the, in the industry, okay? He's been a reliable source of drone information and news, for several, the past several years, he has contacts with Parrot, with DJI, uh, with Unique, and other drone manufacturers, and I tell. Um, and I stand by what he has to say, one hundred percent. And so do a lot of other people. Although there are a few that are out there that like to uh, like to think otherwise. So I wanted to get that on the table right away. Um, you know, we we heard this week about the delay for the spark that the spark was going to be spark two was supposed to come out july 23rd and now that's been postponed indefinitely and um i came across an article and i'm going to drop it in in the chat that talks about some of the reasons and and that's that's one of the things that i wanted to do this morning was to talk about some of the reasons why i think that um that this is being delayed and a lot of these have been brought up in my comments section on my latest video and probably one of the the, the first one is, is tariffs and having to involve with um, tariffs here in the United States. Um, I simply don't buy that because the the big thing is it, it would raise it what fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, something like that. Okay, and I'll tell you what: if you're a fan of DJI products, if you're a drone consumer, you're going to go ahead and pay that. Okay, and and remember that's only for the United States. That's not for Canada. That's not for Europe. That's not, you know, uh, Australia. That's only here in the United States. And there's talk that that's going to that's gonna come to an end, that they're going to come to some kind of a trade agreement because there's too much money to, to exchange between the nations to get that taken care of. And, and that's a whole other topic. But that was the first thing that I wanted to talk about. The second thing on that, what I heard is they want to wait until DJI has – DJI made a commitment, if you remember – when I put out the video about AirSense, that they were going to have it on every drone as of January 1st, uh, 2020, that AirSense was going to be on every DJI drone um, over some much over a certain weight. Um, so the other th that's the other school of thought is that they're waiting for 2020 before they actually release a drone. That they're not that they're not going to come out and release any more. Um, you know drones until 2020 because AirSense will be on them and the talk is well if i you know if i bought a spark 2 now and then come january 1st it's going to have AirSense on it why should i buy it now why shouldn't i wait to get it 
Um, you know, that that's been an ongoing discussion in in the groups that that, that um or in my comments that, that I've seen and in some of the Facebook groups. One of the other things was, you know, um it talks about and and the drone technology has plateaued, that we've reached a certain level as far as being a our our you know, incrementally jumping up, say like from the Mavic Pro to the Mavic 2 Pro, um, you know, that, that the technology really hasn't increased that much to warrant new drone releases. And, you know, there, there's a point there. However, you know, I had Sally French on my show, The Drone Girl, last Saturday, and we talked about this. And she said, you know, Bill, it, it's amazing how DJI was able to increase the level of technology, if you look at it at the core from the Mavic Pro to the Mavic 2, you know, what they did as far as 360 obstacle avoidance and, you know, putting that new camera that's on there and just the host of features, increasing battery life, um, you know, just making it just a little bit bigger, um, better ESCs, uh, better props, you know, they, they've made a difference and, and it can make a difference. And the, the article talks about, you know, how smartphones, how you know, people will go after them every six months or a year and buy a new smartphone. And it gets into, you know, a lot of people, you know, for lack of a better term, lease or rent phones, um, you know, in, in most places because they're so, you know, who really wants to pay a thousand dollars for a phone? Well, they're saying, you know, it's kind of like planned obsolescence with smartphones. And that's why there's not such jumps in technology with them because they want to keep hooking people and bringing them back in. Whereas the drone market, I think, is completely different. So, and that part of the article, I kind of disagree with that as far as that's concerned. Um, you know, the other one is now, you know, if you, if you look at it, if you look at DJI's last four releases, okay, and I have three of them here, you know, I have the smart controller, I have the Osmo Action, and I have my Mavic 2, okay. Three of these last four, the and the other one being the Osmo Pocket. Three of these last four were not drone related. Okay, um, you know before before the Mavic Two, um, you know it's the, the Osmo Pocket, the Smart Controller, the Osmo Action, and now RoboMaster. So you know people are saying you know DJI is shifting its focus entirely, and you know they're going to get away from drones and they're going to go into this. And um, you know I just wanted to present all this out there and let you know what my thoughts are. What I'm thinking is here, and let's go back last year. Uh, the Mavic 2 Pro and the Mavic 2 Zoom were released in August of last year, August 23rd. Now, if you go back and you remember, it was originally scheduled to be released in the middle of July last year. And then that was delayed. There was a postponement. We saw again, I mean, it was Hey Kestelou who broke the news, you know, that we're going to postpone these until next year. And there was a lot of talk and it ended up being the reason for that was they were originally only going to come out with a Mavic 2 Pro version. That was it. There was no Zoom version. Parrot came out with the Anafi and that changed that changed the whole whole ball game as far as that was concerned. So DJI developed a lens system, the, the Zoom lens, and you know it was available and they were able to put that in a package on the Mavic 2. It's because, and as you know, they're interchangeable between the drones. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's very simple in terms of the getting the, getting the switch and getting, being able to switch these two between the drones. So, you know, the whole reason for that delay was because 
the Yanafi had Zoom and DJI did not want to release a drone without Zoom. So that's why we have the Mavic 2 Pro and the Mavic 2 Zoom. And that was DJI's last real, mm -hmm. that, was their, that was their last drone release. And what I think is happening here, as far as this is concerned, I don't think it's the tariffs. I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, DJI moving out of the drone industry or drone saturation, as some people have called it. You know, we've, you know, there's such a fine line difference between, you know, drones these days that it's hard, hard to discern. No, I don't think it's any of the things that we've mentioned, although the only thing that, that possibly let, let, has, has, has crept in, and I think probably what DJI is probably trying to do is they're trying to get the weight under the 250 gram limit because that would open this up, especially over in the UK, that would open this drone up to a whole wider segment of people. Um, and it's going to be real interesting because tomorrow I'm going to have a, uh, have a Sunday afternoon rotor talk live. And I'm going to be talking to a gentleman, uh, Ian Tickner, Tickner is, I, I believe is his name. And he runs the equivalent of like, uh, the remote pilot 101 here in the United States. He runs an equivalent course over in the United Kingdom. And we're going to talk to him at length, what it takes to become a commercial pilot over there in their process, which is, which is different from, Canada and it's different from here in the United States. So it's going to be real interesting to find out. So I'm thinking a lot of this has to do with pop with the weight of the drone. I think DJI is trying to trying to shave a few ounces off to get it to that 250 gram limit. That's my personal opinion right now because I think it's all all ready to go. And and I think what they're doing is they're experimenting with maybe some different different materials to try to get that down. That's my thoughts regarding all that. So Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. You think that they're heading into maybe uh, expanding the the Tello because that's under the 250, right? Right, Tello is under the 250. That that's something also too. Um, I uh, I agree, Paul. I think they're wanting to get more features on the Tello because if, if you've had the Tello and you know it, okay. I think as far as learning to fly, I think it's an excellent drone. I think for still pictures, I think it's a fantastic drone. The video is abhorrible on it. It's just because there's no there's no stabilization on it. So it's going to I mean, even in a two mile an hour wind, it's going to be all over the place. So that's what that's what I'm thinking as far as the Tello is concerned. Um, and, and it has a great price point. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I tell people because I get I get emails all week and from people asking about you know, what drone should I start out with? And more often than not, you know, I asked them what their price point is. And if, you know, they're wanting to not spend a whole lot of money, I'll say the Tello. I said, but, you know, be forewarned, you know, you're not going to get the video quality of even a spark on it because there's no real image stabilization on it. Um, you know, you will be able to take great pictures and you will be able to learn to fly on it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's. You know, it, in, in the marketplace, don't you think there's two, Two indicators that they're probably, and I'm just guessing as, as a layperson, is one is this price point. The other is in technology. There's there's a certain bunch of customers that they don't really care what it costs. They just want the best that they can get for the price. And then there's the guy that might be starting out that doesn't want to spend all that money, just wants to get some experience. 
yeah, that makes that, that makes sense, Paul. Um, you know, uh, th there are so many people out there. You know, when they're looking to buy a new drone, you know, and, and you know, like you said, they're in two different segments. All right, you you have those of us, and I'll call I'll call for lack of a better term, hobbyists who are into the into this, and will go out there and say, you know, pretty much whatever DJI comes out with, you know, I'm going to get it. You know, that's just, that's just one of the things. And then you have those, those, you know, the, the other, the other end of the spectrum that are real budget conscious, but yet are looking to explore and get into this hobby. And they want to find a good drone to be able to do this with. And, you know, I almost always recommend either the Tello or the Spark, you know, and that, you know, I, I, I'm great friends with Kelly Shores and he recommended the SEMA X5C. Well, you know, I, I can tell you flying toy drones is completely different than flying a DJI drone or even a Parrot or a Tel drone because, you know, there's, you know, there's no, there, there's, there's no barometers on a lot of these. A lot of those don't even have barometers on them, let alone, you know, a downward facing sensor. Um, there's no altitude hold on them. There's no GP. A lot of them don't have GPS. And I mean, Take, for example, you know, those toy helicopters. Um, they are extremely difficult to fly because you have to be on the sticks all the time. You can't be taking your eyes off that for a second. And more often than not, you're going to crash those. And I had one and I crashed it every, every time I flew it. And it's the same thing with, with the smaller toy drones, especially those under $100. You know, they're very difficult to fly. And, you know, what, you know, you don't really get a lot out of that. Okay. You just get, I think a lot of people get frustrated with those kinds of drones and you know, it, and it turns, it turns them off to wanting to actually think about buying a, a real drone because, you know, they're saying, you know, if, if this is like this, you know, if, if drones are like this, why should I go ahead and spend 150, $200, get another drone that's supposedly better when, you know, I'm having this kind of an experience. Well, the average person has enough frustration in their life without adding more to it. And that's the reason I think a lot of people start out somewhere in the middle, either a, a, a Spark or a Mavic or something like that, because they, they understand that there's two kinds of people in the world also that they don't mind fixing and flying, fixing and flying, fixing and flying or figuring it out. And then there's the people, I just want to fly, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it's it, it, like I said, Paul, you know, it's like, you know, there are so many people out there that need to understand something as far as, you know, drones and drone technology is concerned. Um, you know, I don't think it's plateaued. I think DJI is going nowhere as far as drones are concerned. I had a, um, I received a um, comment from one of my um, friend, one of my, one of my subscribers who's also a good friend um, about this. And, you know, he's talking about how the, the industry's plateaued and, you know, there's, we're not going to be seeing a lot and all this and that DJI is moving away from drones. You know, they're looking to land-based vehicles and all this. Don't, don't buy any of this for a minute. And, and, and I, you know, that's one of the things I can see, can say, you know, you're going to see articles about that. DJI has invested millions of dollars into drones and, their technology, and they're not going anywhere. Um, this article that I posted the link for talked about how they're going to focus their attention on agriculture drones because that's where they're making money. That's not their highest money-making segment. So don't, you know, 
I, I say read read that read the the article's a good article, but read it with some discernment. And that's one of those things that I have to caution you on. Is you know they talked about how the agricultural segment is making the most money for DJI. That's a bunch of hogwash. I, I can tell you that right now. They're making their money. Okay, on on the Inspire, they're making their money all across the board. But you know they're really making money on Inspire twos, on Matrices, um, on the on the on the cameras for the Matrices. I mean these are some expensive and incredible pieces of technology. So don't think for a minute they're getting out of the aerial photography business in any way, shape, or form. And the other thing on that on that hand was, you know, the whole talk about, you know, not having a Phantom series or not continuing the Phantom series, you know, um, you know, you know, that's up for a whole nother another discussion. You know, but I think the thing is, and I think DJI has realized consumers want something like this, like the like the Mavic 2, okay? Something in a compact form and something that's gonna give them the incredible technology you can get from a Phantom series but yet in a small, compact, easy to carry form. For instance, you know, we're gonna be heading up probably in a few weeks after my daughter's due a week from today, um, you know, after she has the baby, we're gonna head up and I'm gonna bring the Mavic 2 with me because um, there's some places, I used to live up in Ohio, there's some places I wanna, wanna take it um, and get some, get some video from. You know, I can't do that with my Phantom 4. You know, I, I don't wanna lug this humongous case with me. I can put this in my backpack and it's real easy to carry with me. And I think that's what the market is asking for. And, and that's what that's what they're kind of screaming for. And, you know, and you can see it with, you know, if I'll, I'll use the term loosely, DJI's competitors, you can see it with Autel with, with the Evo and how compact that is and your ability to be able to carry that. And then also pair it with the Anafi, you know, how very portable that that is, you know that's the trend right now as far as drones are concerned, you know, is portability. And and it really lends itself because I'll tell you what, if I'm going out to film a video somewhere other than my house, you know, it's easy. All I got to do is throw this in my backpack. There's no big case for me to carry. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's it's an easy carry. It's really, it's, it's, it's incredible, you know, versus if I take the Phantom, you know, that's not so easy as a carry, um, you know, and, and I can get the same level and quality of video from the Mavic 2 Pro that I can with from the Phantom 4 Pro. So, you know, the, the, that I think is the direction that they're headed in. And, and also too, you know, I put out a video about the RoboMaster and, you know, it's great. There's a lot of benefits from DJI putting that out there, okay? They've had that technology for years as far as ground-based vehicles are concerned, the Mechanum wheels, being able to, you know, go from side to side with the wheels and all of this. Okay, number one, I think it's a great educational opportunity for teens and preteens and 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 schools. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It, get kid, it gets kids into, you know, not only physics, but um, computer programming, um, you know, electrical engineering, you know, other technology. You know, it, it's fantastic as, as far as that is concerned. And the other thing that I think is great with this too is, you know, it could lend itself to DJI getting into another market as far as developing these uh, RoboMasters to be able to help say, um, you know, you, you've seen there's other companies that have them that go out and are used by first responders, you know, to maybe have detectors for, you know, bombs or, or natural gas leaks or, you know, 
situations that are that are dangerous for humans to go in that they could easily you know go in and, and guide one of these vehicles in to be able to have some eyes and ears there and see what's going on uh you know so there's a whole avenue of technology that dji's opened themselves up to and you know a lot of people have just said oh it's going to be a one and done and they're no when dji enters a market they want to dominate that market frank wang has said that for years he's the ceo of dji he's not going to go in you know he's not going to be dipping his toes in the water here you know he's going to he's going to go in up to his neck and when he goes in up to his neck he wants to make sure he can swim in that water and that's exactly what they're doing here they don't they, they don't do anything half-baked you know their technology is fantastic and a lot of the technology that you see in that robomaster has already been you know it's it's in the mavic 2 it's in the phantom 4 um, you know, it's in the Matrice series, it's in the Inspire, you know, they DJI cross shares technology across their different branches and, and divisions. It, it's, it's not wasted as far as that's concerned. Bill, Bill, did you get any news about that hopper? Uh, you know, I looked Roger and I could not find any new, any more news about that. Yeah. We're, we're, all wait, we're all waiting to place our orders. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, I'll, I'll stand in line with you guys as far as that's concerned, too, because I, I would love to get that as well, too. I mean, that just that that was fantastic. It, it, it really is. Now, one of the good I had some other news this week from DJI was uh, DJI finally released the accessories for the Osmo Action, which I have been like absolutely dying for because they had not released additional batteries yet. They hadn't released like a, a battery charger yet for it. Well, I got their battery charger with two additional batteries that will charge three batteries in an hour and a little over an hour. Um, and they also released a selfie stick that doubles as a tripod for it as well, too. Now, they still haven't. And this is something I think we're all waiting for is the update for the sound on there, um, because the, the port is still not accessible as far as putting adapters in as far as getting an external microphone on there. And I know um, Flight Path, Eldrin, he put out a great video on it, on some of the accessories you can get, and they're from PGY Tech. And also there's a Rode mic um, that you can plug into it as well. It looks great. However, it still doesn't work because DJI hasn't updated the software. So that's one of the things that, that we're waiting on for that. Because I, I would love for that to take place before I head up to Ohio. Because that's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna vlog our trip up there to meet our new grandbaby when uh, when the time comes. Uh, Acho says I don't think it's a DJI thing. I just used the DJI controller. Uh, hey, hey, Bill, early congratulations, by the way. Thank you, Curtis. Appreciate that. We're um. If I can echo something that Bill says, because I hear this also, this tariff thing that he's talking about, I agree 100%. Tariffs, you just add that to the cost of, of doing business. It's not, uh, if I can make a comparison, I'm in the delivery business, and when uh, fuel charges go up, we just add a fuel surcharge to our cost of doing business. So I don't think that's stopping DJI at all. Um, just just my, my two cents on that. I agree with you, Bill. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, th th that's, and it's temporary. You know, th that's one of the things, you know, you're not going to see. Well, it did not prevent me, okay, because the Osmo Action, all right, this should have been right around $299 USD, but because of the $50 tariff, it was $349. It didn't stop me from getting it, all right? Exactly. I was, you know, um, so 
and I think a lot of people said the same thing. I mean, the price point on this was absolutely fantastic, even with the tariff, I thought. You know, I was expecting $400, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, so here's the thing about the tariff. I'm just going to chime in. It would have kept me from getting it, Bill. I think that if you, you know, if you're in um, um, an income bracket where it doesn't, it's it's just not going to make that much of a difference is one thing. But when it's in, if you're in an income bracket where it absolutely makes a difference between maybe getting meds or doing something else as opposed to paying a $50 tariff, it's going to make a difference. And as you said, they just pass it to us. I just... I just don't understand this catch 22 that we're in. Well, I, right? I agree with you as far as that's concerned, Val, because, you know, I'm, I'm borderline there. I'm almost there myself because right? I'm, I'm facing some major dental work right now. I, I switched Ooh. dentists and I got, you know, um, I, I'm no better than I was eight years ago. So I had to switch dentists and, and there's a whole yeah. lot gonna, that are going to, it's going to transpire with that. But, uh, but yeah, I hear you because, you know, it's like, you know, you, you want to, you know, what do you spend the money on sometimes, you know, as far as your, your budget is concerned and, you know, obviously, you know, health items take, take precedent over some, over a lot of uh, extemporaneous things. Like, you know, I'll, I'll call that extemporaneous. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. I don't have an action cam. It's my first action cam, but you know, it's not a need, you know, it's versus a one, you know, you, well, you, you know, need at least one. Well, yeah. And, and I'm going to need one for when I head up to Ohio to get you pictures are. of my grandbaby. So, you, you know, are. that's, you know, that, that, that's going to be one of those things. that's not, it's not an option. All right. And that's why I'm getting the batteries too, because, and I'm also buying another SD card because I'm planning on filling, filling them up. I mean, it's just, that's right. That's yeah. right. No, We're going to be watching slideshows yeah. of babies for a while. And that's oh, great. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. yeah. We're just we're to, excited. Just to clarify well, what we were saying, though, Val, was it's not stopping the if they are putting tariffs on on uh, DJI, it's not stopping DJI from being in business or or creating oh, products no, no, and putting no. products out there. And um, they talked yeah. about leaving um, China, and then you may have already talked about this, but they were talking about leaving China, and they were saying they were trying to speculate it take probably eighteen months from the get where they are if they tried to leave one or Apple was saying that if they left one division. So leaving China, I don't think is a feasible option. Well, you know, that, that's something that, that I've also right? heard, Val. You know, I, I've heard, you know, um, that Apple's been enticed to, you know, move everything over here to the United States. And, you know, and, and apparently, I guess they were considering it, but it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. they, have to, they have to weigh the cost-benefit analysis, you know, as far as labor is concerned, because labor over in China, let's face it, you know, it's their, their labor is cheap over in China. It's not like it is here, you know, over in North America, um, as far as labor, right. is concerned. you know, you don't have to pay, you know, over in your China, you know, there's no union over there. Okay. There's no, you know, and all the, and all the, you know, there are benefits that come with unions, but there's also, you know, higher costs that come with unions too. So, you, they got to weigh all that in making that kind of a decision. I mean, I think it, I think it'd be great. I think it would be great if they came to North America because, you know, bulk of their business, you know, both as far as Apple's concerned and DJI, it's in North America. Let's face right. it. You know, um, maybe this, their second rounds of, of income is over, over in Europe and the UK. So Bill, uh, did, were you, uh, before you came in, 
we Curtis was explained to us a new uh, option or a company or addition that allows handicapped people and other people to fly using a DJI controller or all the major controllers it plugs in that gives you the single stick type of thing. And I, and, I, and what went through my mind is, yeah, I, I'd like to use that because, as you know, I fly ships and stuff like that. But I, I'm thinking about the handicapped people that are out there trying to run these controllers and how, how wonderful that might be to have a single-handed controller device that attaches. Well, you know, I, I know, I know exactly what, what Curtis was talking about because um, I think he had that gentleman on, on his show um, who did the astronaut and his name escapes me. Um, it's Paul, Paul Perzinski. Paul Perzinski. Thank you, yes. Curtis. I mean, you know, and I've looked at that before too, and that's just an incredible device and it'll open up the door for, you know, you know, for instance, I know one of my subscribers and I know, and I think I've seen him on before here, Mike Roach. Mike is a mm. great guy. Absolutely love him. And if you see what it takes for him, you know, he told me, he says he lands his drones on a table because he can't, you know, because he's paralyzed from the waist down. He can't bend over to pick up his drones. So something like this is just, you know, more makes it more accessible for him and easier for him to be able to fly drones. I mean, you know, and Curtis, Curtis says it's now available to buy now. So I was kind of waiting to see the review on your channel and, and Curtis is probably going to do the same thing on all the channels to get the word out. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's one of the things too, you know, and many of you guys know Art Carlson who, um, you know, uh, yep. we, we helped get him, get him a, a Mavic Air and get him a case for his Phantom 3 and see what it takes for him to be able to get outside to fly. I mean, you know, if you had a dry, if your eyes are dry after watching that, shame on you because, you know, it's it just the simple act of getting out to fly. You know, it's it's a physical, laborious process for Art to do that. And to see him do that and the joy that's on his face when he goes out there to fly yeah. is, is second to none. You know, and in kind of in conjunction with this, too, is I've caught I've caught a lot of heat. Now, I was the one who found that the Mavic 2 Pro and the Mavic 2 series had an issue with precision landing. Okay. And I, I my very first flight, my, my the Mavic 2 is getting ready to land, and Valerie's looking. It says it's going to land on the roof, and you know because and and it wasn't coming down. So I I took it over and, and I landed it, and I'm like, oh man, you know, my first thoughts were, oh, I got to scrap all this video, I got to start over again. But then I'm like, wait a minute, you know, this is it's precision landing, it's supposed to work. Well, I found out, you know, through the long, the long and the short of it was there was no precision landing. I emailed DJI support or I tweeted DJI support and, you know, in a relatively short amount of time, they got precision landing put back on. Now, a lot of people gave me a lot of heat saying, well, you know, I don't use it. It's a waste of time. It's an option. I don't use da, 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 all this stuff. And I go, you know what? Okay. You need to talk to Art. You need to talk to Mike. Okay. And I have several other subscribers who are handicapped as well. You need to talk to them. And there are other people say, for instance, you know, who live in, in certain areas where it's not an option. They need it. They may live, um, you know, in an area that's maybe mountainous or hilly, and they only have a certain amount of land that they can land in or take off in. Or if you're hiking on a mountain and you only have a certain spot that you can land your drone in, okay? Yeah, precision landing is something I think is, 
is fantastic, and I think it's a must. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's optional at all. Um, you know, and if your battery runs out, you know what happens. You know, if you, if you get that low battery warning and your drone's coming back, you know, let's say, let's say for example, your controller decides you know battery is gone, and you know it initiates home. <clears throat> well, you know it's going to land on the landing pad. You know it's going to going to come back where it should. I mean, you know, these are just some things that I think DJI has done fantastic on. You know, and, and I'll compare that too. I know um, Ron Brown and Marcus Crawford, my co-host on, on my Tuesday night show, um, they both fly the Hubson Zeno. And um, it's at about a $265 price point. And it's it's had its it, it's had its moments, but it's getting better through a lot of the firmware updates. I think Hubson has really done um, some great work on it. And along with the Femi X8, these are some options that people are considering in that um, price range where the Spark is in. And one of the things that I really like about um, about them is, you know, they're constantly trying to improve their technology. Well, Hudson decided to do precision landing, but their their idea of precision landing, it's a foot away from the landing pad. So it, that that's precision landing to us, you know, versus DJI. You know, oh, we're going to land right in the middle of the H on the landing pad. So, you know, that that that's their version. But, you know, it, it sparked some conversation and some in some in some in some good thought as far as that's concerned, as far as getting that out there. I think I think the Anafi um, is like that as well, too. So I think, you know, that's something that's pretty interesting. Well, one of the things I wanted to um, let everybody know, um, I got some great people coming up. I'm going to have Ethan Mitchell on my show on July 9th. Um, Ethan um, flies Paradinafis. Uh, he flies the Mavic 2. He has a great channel. So look forward to seeing him on. He's going to be going to Costa Rica coming up. And I'm also trying to get um, Jason from Remote Pilot 101 to come on the show. I think he, he is absolutely fantastic. Um, he's going to be down at spin up, um, 2019, um, along with Hey Kestelou from Joan DJ. I've had Hey on before and I'm looking to get Hey back on as well. Um, and I had Sally French on last week. Sally is absolutely fantastic. If you guys get a chance to, um, you may want to watch that show with her. She is just, um, just absolutely what a great ambassador for, for drones. I mean, she, she has a, such a busy schedule, and I was lucky to be able to get her on the show for a half hour last week. Um, she's over in a women's conference over in Singapore talking about drones. This week. Nice. Yeah, she does. She does. She does. She does such a good job with that. Uh, in 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 your in your glass window into the future, Bill. <laughs> You're saying then basically you, you foresee the drones getting smaller and smaller and the technology getting bigger and bigger in the smaller package. Is yeah, that I would. Uh, yes, Paul, I, I think so. I think that's the thing. That's the way that, that people want to go. I think you'll see, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to see something along the lines. I, I don't think the Phantom now, I think the Phantom, the, what, as far as the Phantom is concerned, I don't think the name is gone. I think your image of a phantom is going to completely change. It's going to be completely different from what it is. It's going to have collapsible gear. I, I can tell you that they're going to incorporate some type of 360 kind of a camera. 
with that. Okay. Um, you know, and it's going to be smaller. It's going to be along the lines of the Mavic two series. I mean, they're, you know, they have just sold absolutely incredibly well. I mean, you know, one of the things it's hard finding right now, it's hard finding a smart controller right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, you probably have to go to eBay to get them right now because you go to any of the big box stores like Best Buy or B&H or, um, you know, or Amazon, you know, um, even if they do have them, especially on Amazon through resellers, I saw one yesterday was over $900. Okay. And this is a $600 item. So, wow. um, so, you know, it's now what's interesting though, is you can, you can buy those in bundles. Like if you bundle, if you, if you were buying a Mavic 2 Pro or a Zoom and bundled the smart controller with that, you can still buy it right now, but individually you can't buy the smart controller. And, and I know Ron Brown, one of my co-hosts recently bought a Mavic 2 Pro bundled with the smart controller. And he was, to, it's, it's a hundred dollars off of what the list price was and um, no tariffs um, hitting that at all. And I mean, that was a fantastic deal. He got that at, at Best Buy and you could, and you can buy those on, on DJI's website as well too. Now, DJI just entered their sale with, um, you know, the Mavic Air was on sale for $120 and they had $100 off, off the Zoom. Those were, those were the two big ticket items. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of action as far as that was concerned. Now, what was real interesting was um, when I had Ron on my show last week, somebody had posted a picture. Target had a sale on Mavic Airs and for $549. Well, there were some targets out on the West Coast in the United States, and there's a picture of one that I had on one of my group pages for $399. Oh, jeez. Mavic Air, okay? And I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, that was just insane. Well, you know, we have a Target in the area. I went by just to take a look and see if they had them in stock. Their shelves were cleared. And what the interesting thing was when I asked the uh, electronics manager there, you know, you're going to get any more in. He said, well, we were told by corporate target not to expect any, any more Mavic airs in period. So, um, you know, mm. kind of take that for what it's worth, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I talked about. I, I did a video on the, uh, you know, when the Mavic air sale was announced and, and also, you know, what my thoughts are regarding that. And, you know, my thoughts were that, you know, that they're going to that they're going to incorporate that the, the Mavic Air into a Spark 2, a Spark 2 Pro type of a thing. That's going to be more portable. It's going to look like the Mavic Air, but you know th they're getting away from that name because I think that name, DJI. It's no secret that DJI sales for the Mavic Air just have not been what they wanted because they thought attaching the name Mavic to it, it was going to sell like the Mavic Pro did, and it did not do that. It did, you know. Well, you know. It ha it has some issues, you know. Most notably, that noise issue it is just it's just horrific, and its range issue is, is just is just bad too. It's just not it, it just doesn't have the range that you can get with a Mavic Two, and and so I I think they want to kind of get away from that and kind of kind of erase that name. It's kind of like when Coca Cola came out with New Coke, you know. And, and what a what a joke that was, and how quickly they had to end up shelving that because it was just it was a total marketing blunder. Well, you know, I wouldn't call this a, a marketing blunder, but I think I think DJI's learned their lesson here. You know, they want to come out with something that's still going to be portable, that's still going to have the, the, 
you know, have quieter props, quieter ESCs, and get some get some get some better battery life, but yet have the 4K with it. And you know, the, the Mavic Air does have all that, you know, or or has the 4K, but you know, it, it needs a little little tweaking as far as the um, you know what kind of a transmission system they use to communicate with, which I don't think they'll get OcuSync 2.0, but who knows, they could. And new quieter ESCs, new props, and some and some better battery life. Um, so I, I think that's the I think that you know I, I what I think now the more I think about why we're seeing a delay with all this, I think the big reason is you know that DJI is trying to get its heads wrapped around having enough inventory to be able to say on launch day you know we will be able to get these to you within a week. For example. Last year with the Mavic 2 series, I ordered it that day, the day it was released. I got it in five days. And a lot of people, when they originally ordered their Mavic Pros, and you probably remember this, they may have ordered them like in October 2016. They didn't get them till January. Yeah. And, you know, DJI's learned their lesson because what they did was, you know, their only distribution center for the longest time was out on the West Coast in Cupertino, California, I believe is how it's pronounced. And they said, you know what? We need to get more distribution centers. So I know by me, the distribution center closest to me is in Atlanta, Georgia. And then there's one up in New Jersey. And I believe there's one out in the Midwest, out in Chicago. So, you know, they've got pretty much three quarters of the United States is covered within a day's travel is from any of their distribution centers. So, you know, they can get product quickly out to consumers now. And I think one of the big reasons why we're probably seeing this delay besides maybe the weight issue is I think it's going to also be because that they want to make sure that there's enough inventory in stock for consumers that when they come out with their release announcement, that people are going to be able to purchase this. And I also think, you know, they didn't, this is just a guess on my part and I haven't seen anything about this, but I think AirSense is going to be available on both of those drones that we'll see come out whether it's august or september that that's my guess bill if uh, you heard anything about uh another dji product uh, i haven't heard much about uh, any changes or any updates or anything coming is the crystal skyline yeah i see that you know i have a i have a good friend on on twitter who is his you know Beg DJI for more information. I mean, they have not issued a firmware update for the Crystal Sky for, I think, for over a year. And people are really frustrated. They feel like they've been left, um, you know, holding the bag with a Crystal Sky as far as that's concerned because DJI has been putting all, focusing all its attention onto the smart controller. I agree, Paul. I, you know, it's in sore need of an update. And, you know, here's a great example. You can go out to some of the forums, and I think you know it's the, um, you know whether it's uh, not, not the Mavic, but the but the Phantom forums, and also the Mavic forums too, and and they're classifieds, and you can find Crystal Skies dirt cheap right now. People will buy them left and right because you know nobody really wants them right now. It's it's old technology, you know, and like I, you know, technology changes so fast, and the technology I think that's in the smart controllers probably better than what's in a lot of the crystal skies. And as you know, you know, you have that external battery pack with the crystal sky. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's a little on the cumbersome side versus, you know, having the smart controller, everything's in, everything's in one, in one package here. You know, you have 
you know, your, your, your controller is here. Your screen is here. You have everything you need versus on the Crystal Sky. That's just the monitor. And you have to find a way to hook that up to your, to your controller. You have to get, a, get an adapter to do that. So, you know, I think this is definitely the direction that DJI wants to head in. And, you know, they made a, a statement when they, when they announced the smart controller, when it came out, was that it will be compatible with OcuSync 2.0. And I just, you know, I redoubled um, my efforts with DJI this week. You know, I asked him, I said, again, you know, this will end up working with the Phantom 4 Pro V2.0 because it has OcuSync 2.0. And they said, yes, it is. They said, please be patient. We are working on a firmware update for it. So, you know, eventually that smart controller is going to work with the Phantom 4 Pro V2.0. And, you know, that is another thing as far as is trying to find, you know, like how hard it is to find find smart controllers right now. It's, it's hard to find used Phantom 4 Pro V2.0s right now. It's just the market is just so tight on those because, um, you know, when DJI stopped selling them, it was, I think, last, I think it was in December. It's been like six months. And when you go out on eBay to try to find one of these, um, you know, their, their retail price was uh, $1,499 USD. You go out onto eBay, it's a minimum of, of $2,000 right now and up even for used ones. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know new ones were selling on eBay for about twenty five hundred. I mean, you know, and and you know, it's a, it's, 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 you know, it's kind of fair game as far as that's concerned. If you're willing to pay twenty five hundred dollars for a fifteen hundred dollar drone, go for it. Um, you know, I, I, that, that's why I'm going to hang on to mine for for dear life. Um, you know, and I don't, and and I'm real careful. I don't try to put it in situations where I think it's gonna, it's 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 not going to come home. Let me put it to you that way. Okay, I, I don't. I don't fly 10 feet off the water with, with that, okay? The Mavic 2, I might do something like that. The Phantom 4 Pro V2.0, no, I'm not going to fly 10 feet off the water on that one. That's like a guy with a vintage car, you know? He's not going to put it in situations where he'd put the regular sedan in. But the reason I was asking about the Crystal Sky is I fly with the Crystal Sky Ultra. Mm -hmm. Old guy's eyes want big screen. Before that, I was using iPads, and then I was having to put the covers on them and the hoods. And even with the covers and the hoods on the iPads, there's times when the sun's coming over your shoulder, and I don't care what kind of hood you're using, you're still going to get that glare on the screen. Where the Ultra just works and works great for for my purposes. But I just was wondering because you know the 2,000 nits makes a difference. I mean, I actually have to turn the screen down to its lowest setting, even when I'm out in bright sunshine, because the problem is, is if you have the ultra ultra light bright, that's great for nighttime. But uh, when you're trying to set the the camera settings to get it to realistic, what you're seeing on the screen isn't really what the camera's really doing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that could have been that could have, that that could be easily addressed with a firmware update, Paul. And you know, it's like their their priorities. I mean, you know, if you have a product out there, for example, I'll give you an example. My wife still she has a 2009 Saturn View SUV. All right. Now, when when Saturn decided to close shop, you know, by federal law, General Motors has to supply parts for them. Okay, and you know, she goes to the the dealership where she bought it now, um, it's an all, it's all um, Cadillac, but they have to service them there. That was the agreement that they had with General Motors um, and they have to have parts availability for them. You know, if they're still 
on the road. It's a 2009, and she's probably going to drive it into the ground. As far as I know, she has she has bungee cords around around her visors, okay, because she refuses to pay to get them fixed. But that's a whole other story. But you know where DJI is putting their money right now is not in Crystal Sky. I mean, and and it's unfortunate because you know they really they really prop this up as something, especially you know you don't need to have these visors or hoods or stand in the shade to be able to fly your drone and 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 it's incredible because you know it's the same type of technology that's on that's on the smart controller as well too i mean yeah. this screen you know i've had it out in very bright sunlight and it's like it's clear as day watching the screen i mean and it's hard to be able to film this with a camera to be able to show it i i did and it did come out okay but I, you know i can't impress people enough with how great a product that is and i think what DJI's done is they've taken their shift away from Crystal Sky. They've put it on the smart controller. And I still think they need to come back. I still think like for, you know, for people like you, Paul, who, who have the Crystal Sky, they need to, need to make sure that they still support that and support a product like that. So, you know, if they would ever come over to the United States, they would probably be, un, you know, bound by United States laws. And that would be something, you know, if, you know, it's an end of life, you still have to be able to service that product and provide parts for it, you know, right. whereas, right. you know, if it's over in China, it's like, you know, fair game for anybody kind of thing. Yeah. Cause I, I initially bought when they first announced and I was one of the initial people that bought the smart controller. And uh, I also, because I thought, well, I was going to use it with my enterprise series too, you know, and then initially, as you remember, it didn't work with the enterprise. So I, I, uh, and so I sold it and then I bought a crystal sky to use with those. And, uh, but I, 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 in fact, I even through your channel, I ordered the tethering with the screw things and the whole bit, which I thought was great. You, you don't ever buy it unless you have a way to tether it around your neck. Oh sure. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I was just curious if you'd heard anything about it or not, because I, I'm going to continue to use it and fly it, but, I just, I just would hope that DJI would say, hey, yeah, we got a product out there that's pretty good, and maybe with just a little bit of engineering tweaking, we can make it even better, you know? Oh, I agree. I agree 100% with you, Paul. They should, they should, because there's a lot out there. There's a lot of people that bought them, and, well, you know, it's like they, they can be had for, you know, if you're, if you're looking for one, go on onto those forums because you can get some good deals on them right now. I know. I've seen them out there, and I'm like, Okay, you know, there's no smart controllers to be had, but there's plenty of crystal skies. So, I mean, if you're looking for that as an option, that's something I would highly recommend and consider using something like that, looking at something like that. And of course, you know, for me, you know, I don't use it anymore because of my smart controller, but I have a right. Mav mount, okay? And those Mav mounts are absolutely fantastic for crystal skies, for, you know, full-on iPads. They work right. You know, and, and they'll work with any of the similar controllers like the Mavic Air, the Spark, um, the Mavic 2 Series, the Mavic Pro. It works and it fits inside that controller like hand and glove. So, I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. One of the other things I wanted to say today was um, one of the things that I do on a weekly basis now is I take my time here on Canadian Drone Hub each week. And, and what I do is I put it, I, I put out a podcast each week from this. And I have to say, it gets a tremendous amount of downloads each week and because people really like, you know, my time here on the on Canadian Drone Hub 
And I thought, you know, what a better way of being able to get this out to more people is through my through my podcast. And and it really in the number of downloads each week, it's at least 55, 60 downloads a week. And and I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's that's about the only, you know, because you don't really get views on podcasts. You get, you know, it's measured by downloads. And that's a high number of downloads. I mean, it's and, and it's been consistent. So um, you know, again, you know, I want to thank, you know, obviously I'll, you know, every week I thank Roger and, and you, Paul and and Val and you know, and everybody. Um, for giving me this opportunity and this platform because it helps to keep get, get the information out there. And I think it's so important. And I think that's one of the reasons I decided to do podcasts. And a lot of what I do now with my podcast is translate my, my show live shows and put them on there because it's real easy. Like if you're in a car to be able to put a podcast on, um, or if, you know, if you're going to work out or taking a walk somewhere or doing housework, you know, and you can't really watch a screen, but yet you can still listen. It's, it enables you to be able to do that. So it's, it's a great, I think it's fantastic. And it, it was, you know, you know, I pay a fee each month for it. It's a small fee. It's about $14, but um, you know, there's never, ever going to be any fee for any of my podcasts. They'll always be free. Um, and I have them, they're both out on iTunes and out on Google play store, and you can access it through Podbean as well. B E A N. Um, you know, I think, I think it's great. And I think it's a great, great method of being able to catch up on things. And there's some other people out there as well, too. I know Rick Smith does one. I know original Dobo and Billy Kyle, they do one, um, as well. So, I mean, it, it's a good avenue of still being able to get some great information out to people, you know, in just an audio format. Uh, that's cool. And, and I think it worked. I think it works pretty well as far as that's concerned. Uh, Paul, you know, I, you know, I'll be I'll be on the lookout for that, Roger. You know, I, I, I I've been scouring and I haven't I haven't seen a, a peep on it. But you know, if I do, you know, I I will definitely I'll, I'll shoot you an email. I'll, I'll definitely let you know. It's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm anxious about it myself because, uh, like you, I would probably I would probably be we'd probably be fighting for positions in line to buy it. <laughs> Bill's talking about the hopper, Roger. Yeah, 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 definitely. That that would be something I, I would li I would line up to buy. It's like I can't give you my credit card information fast enough, kind of, <laughs> or something like that. Well, what I found real interesting was, um, you know, I, I think a lot of you know who I Justine is. Um, you know, she's a YouTube celebrity kind of a thing, and um, there was a picture that was published. Oh. Gosh, it was even before the Mavic 2 came out, and it showed a number of things on it. It was real interesting. It showed an Osmo Pocket, um, the, the Osmo Pocket laying down um, in front of a Mavic 2, but over to the side was, was the Rover, okay? And what was real interesting was that um, I just team got a, um, got a RoboMaster to put together, and it, her video, it showed her putting it together, which I thought was fantastic because, you know, she takes a lot of heat and a lot of flack for, for being, you know, you know, like, you know, the, the typical stereotypical, you know, oh, she's blonde. She can't figure it out kind of stuff. She did fantastic. She put that together. Now, I can tell you this from watching several of the videos on how to put that together. That is not easy to put together. You need adult supervision with that. Like if you're, you know, if like your, your teen or preteen is doing it, an adult still needs to be around there to do that because there's a lot of things with that. 
um, which I think which I think is fantastic. And she did a great job with that. I highly encourage you guys to check out that video of her being able to put that together, which I thought kudos to her. I mean, you know, I, a lot of people knock her for, you know, for stuff. But, you know, I earned a lot of respect for her by watching that. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, everybody, I'm putting in a new Teespring account there, a new design of the T-shirts and uh, coffee mugs. So was made today. So check it out. Love my drones in the house. Daddy of 13, Mike Roach Studios. Good morning, everybody. Glad you guys can make it. Well, Bill, it's it's always it's always great to 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 hear your your wealth of information and, and the things you can always tell a guy. You know, it's like you and Curtis and and a lot of other people, even Herman now, who is who is a, a rising star on live uh, YouTube. Um, how much how much information that everybody with their different sources glean and are able to share, and that's what's great about the community is everybody shares there isn't any like holding it close to their vest like no i'm not going to share this with anybody <laughs> bill is always a great source of information i follow bill all the time and you know and i'll say the same thing about curtis as well too curtis is absolutely fantastic and you know the, the efforts that he does with tommy polo and, and everybody um as far as is his weekly show is concerned are absolutely fantastic you guys you need to check that out i dropped the link to my podcast Air nurse, if you guys want to go ahead and check that out, that's what I was doing the last few minutes. Mike Roach joined today, so um, he he just joined. And Mike, we were talking about that controller, and you know, I know that's something I think you would be very much interested in. One of the one of the things, and before before I close here, and I know Paul and I were talking about this, was you know Kelly Shores is having um, spin up 2019, and it's going to be down in Austin, Texas, in, in October 19th is the date and i'm planning on on going to that but to and i know curtis has been in on this conversation as well too was to have one out west you know and have one out east as well too and and yes. still yes. If we can get you know if, if kelly will let us still use the moniker of spin up um to be able to have a spin out west you know paul could paul could be you know or, you know or um you know curtis can be involved with that bill thomas could be involved with something like that you know and having one out east, you know, say maybe, you know, Ken Dono, um, maybe Billy Kyle, myself, um, Rick Smith, who lives in New Jersey, you know, um, you know, a bunch of us, you know, being able to find points, you know, easily accessible. And I think the thing here is, and I know Bill Thomas talked about it on his show, and I know he talked about it with Art, is a lot of people, you know, it's expensive. Airfare is expensive. And I think that's a real, that's been a real kicker for a lot of people, um, you know, because Austin is not a easily accessible city via airfare. Uh, I know I have direct flights, you know, I have a, a pretty major hub here in Tampa and Southwest has direct flights over to Austin, which is great. And, and there's great airfares. But I know, I think I heard Bill Thomas mention recently that it would cost him more to fly from where he lives to Austin than it would for him to go over to the Philippines. And he, he priced that out. And, and it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, and, and in order to be able to, to say, you know what, because there's so many people like on the West Coast, you know, with Curtis, with with Bill, you know, and, and, you know, you look at Rick Halber and Steve Carpenter in California and other people out there, 
um, you know, who are out on the West Coast who don't have accessibility to maybe come to some to, to Austin and to be able to afford that kind of an airfare. And same for people on the East Coast. There's a lot of people up and down. Um, Philly Drone Life, Michael, um, who's on, you know, he's on a fixed income. Um, you know, it, it would be difficult for him to be able to get airfare to come down to Austin. But if we had something out East, you know, it would make a lot of sense. So I think, you know, what I'd like to do, I know Kelly's still on vacation and he has limited um, internet access. Um, I'm going to email him when he, once he gets back and see if maybe we can hold like a Google Hangout session, have, have Curtis involved, Bill Thomas involved, myself, um, maybe have you in on it, Paul, um, you know, have Rick Smith, Billy Kyle, um, Ken Dono, see if we can come up with something, you know, to have them at different times of the year as well too. have one out East, have one out West, um, you know, because, you know, it's just, I think it would open it up more to people. I, I think, you know, it, it, you would get a lot more people to be able to go to these functions if they were say within a day's drive of this, you know, people could drive to something like this versus even flying something like this. Yep. And, and also, also I would maybe uh, suggest that somebody like Mike Roche and Artco be involved in it too, to give the perspective of handicappers who just can't pick up, jump in a car and go, you know, being able to participate in, in, in droning that has become a passion with them and has given them new lease on life. Well, yeah, I, we, need, I, we need to be inclusive. Yep. I agree a hundred percent on that, Paul. Um, you know, seeing, seeing what Mike and what, um, what art have to go through to fly. I mean, you know, it, 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 if it doesn't pull at your heartstrings, you know, you better check your human card is what I have to say. Yep. Um, seriously, because, you know, seeing what those guys go through because they love to fly. I mean, you know, take it for what it's worth, guys. You know what? We, we take it for granted. I take it for granted grabbing my Mavic 2 behind me, walking out the door and being able to go fly out in my backyard. You know, it's not an effort for me. It's effortless, okay? For Mike and for Art there and, and, and countless others, there's a lot of effort involved just for them, just a simple act of being a hobbyist and going up and flying. So, you know, I would love to get their perspective as well, you know, on something like this too. I think it would be great. If, if, you know, I'm going to, I am going to email Kelly. I'll get you, I'll get some of your email addresses in on this as well too, because I'd like to get his input and thoughts. Um, you know, I, and I know from having talked to Kelly, setting up spin up is, is a laborious effort. You know, I know last year was difficult and I'm sure this year was not as easy as well. Um, you know, to go through the mechanics of this and the logistics of it and being able to find, find venues, um, being able to price it accordingly. So, you know, nobody's out of, having out-of-pocket expenses, you know, and I do know, you know, unfortunately there were some out-of-pocket expenses for Kelly last year for this. And, and see, I don't want, my, my other goal with this too is I don't want to make it so there's a burden on, you know, say Ken and Billy and I, and, um, you know, Rick Smith, you know, if we decide to hold one out East, um, that the burden's not on us that we're going to have to fork over extra money or save Curtis and bill um, decide to do something out West, you know, that the onus isn't on them for being able to any shortcomings as far as that's concerned. I, I want to try to eliminate anything like that. Cause I know it was a nightmare for Kelly, um, you know, and, and he did, I'm pretty sure he did break even last year, but I don't want that to be on anybody. I, I want this to be, I want to, I, I want these to be fun events. Because I'll tell you what, anytime I've gotten together with a bunch of guys to fly, it's just been it's just been so much fun. 
you know, we're not talking about, you know, there's no, there's no religion, there's no politics, there's no, there's no anything. It's like, you know what? It's just like, put the battery in, put the sticks down and let's get up in the air. I mean, that's what, that's, that's what it's about. And I think also too, the other, the other impetus to this would be to put a hook in the more locations you do this, the bigger the hook is into the manufacturers, the distributors, and those people that gain from getting out there in 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 supporting this type of event because that's where they get their lifeblood from. Yeah. Well, I know. Um, again, I you know I know last year Kelly gave away I think it was a Mavic Two Pro and DJI is a, a sponsor again this year uh, and spent up 2019. And, you know, if we could, um, you know, tap into that as well for the ones that we would do out east and, and out west, I mean, it, it would make these events incredible because it, it would be incredible, an incredible advertisement for drone manufacturers. You know, not only DJI say, you know, maybe get Parrot and Autel involved, and yep. especially, you know, where Curtis and Bill live, getting Autel involved. Autel should should jump all over something like that. I mean, that that's something I would think they would do. They would stand on on, on, on their hands to be able to say, um, you know, we're here, <laughs> you know, what do you need from us? Kind of a thing, kind of giving them a blank check. Exactly. I have contacts at Autel. That's not a problem. We do all, all, all we're really looking at right now is making sure that we can do something underneath what's already started. We want to be able to use the name spin up, getting sponsors and getting this put on is not an issue. Well, like I said, I'm going to email Kelly and I'll try to get as many of you, um, you know, copied on that email as possible and to try to see if we can get together, maybe hold like a large Google Hangout session or something, you know, just to kind of talk this over and, and, and see about what we would need to do logistics wise to get to something yeah, like that. It, you know. it sounds to me on the West Coast that uh, Curtis has got it dialed in, ready to really push it if it's given the seal of approval. Yeah, yeah, I've I've done these before, not not a spin up. I did, I've done it under International Drone Day, and I've we had three hundred people in Portland, and there was not a dime came out of anybody's pocket. Uh, vendors paid for everything, and they were they were happy to be there and happy to take part in it. It was a two day event that we put on. So, yeah, putting something like this together is easy enough to do, and getting sponsors for it easy enough to do. It's just a matter of doing it all under one umbrella, which it should be done under one umbrella. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. Gentlemen, it's time for me to take care of my honey-do list. So uh, I got hey, Bill. so much. Um, you know, Roger, thank you so much. Curtis, it was always great seeing you, chatting with you, Paul. Fantastic. Um, everyone, um, just a, a great day. And 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 like I, like I said, Roger, I hear anything on that, on the hopper, you will be the first to know, okay? Hey, Bill, if you can hang around for just a second, let me share something sure. with you. Just one second here, because we're we're kind of talking about this. I didn't want to interrupt what you were doing, but no, no, no. So this is it. This oh, that's it. fantastic! This is exactly what we're talking about. We've been working with Scott Parazinski for a while now. We did the show with him. We've been talking offline. Uh, he's actually sent out uh, production units to my team. Of course, I'm up in the Pacific Northwest, and mail is kind of weird up here, so I haven't got my production unit yet. Telly Scott, another one of our staff members, got his, and this is a gentleman that he's out flying with right now. Uh, it's an amazing piece of kit for for guys that have uh, handicaps and stuff like that. This is this is phenomenal. The other thing that we're finding, and I'll I'll share a few more photos here. That uh, let me see how I can uh, do this real quick. 
Uh, you'll notice you still have to use your RC here, and that is hooked directly into your phone so that you can get your video feed. But uh, yeah, the unit is amazing. The What guys are saying is they're saying, you know, I kind of see this and it looks kind of silly and everything, and I'm not sure I want to carry extra stuff. But now, and this is the guys that, that I, on my staff that are saying this, but now that they have the unit in their hands and they're out flying, they're going, wait a minute, this is a whole new thing. It, it kind of brings back some of the excitement of flying again, for especially for guys that have been flying for a while. Uh, the precision flying, just flying straight ahead and, and maintaining a straight flight, a lot of people don't realize how hard that actually is to do. With the uh, Xbox-style controller or the PlayStation-style controller, you'll venture a little to the left and a little to the right when you're when you're in flight. With this unit, it allows you to fly straight. Orbits, orbits are so easy now. It's just twisting the unit in your hand. Just just twist the controller, and you can do an orbit around yourself. That's perfect. Forget all the flight modes. This thing will do it for you. Um, again, I don't have my unit in my hands yet. It's supposed to be here real soon. I can show you a few other photos here. But uh, yeah, these were these were taken yesterday. Wow. Now is that it, Curtis? It, correct me. Is that two hundred and ninety nine dollars? Is that what I thought? Right now it's on pre sale, uh, and I don't know. It's it's within the next week or so. I gotta. I don't want to miss be misquoted here. It's okay. uh, it's going to go up. But right now it's under pre sale for two ninety nine. So if okay. you if you're interested in this thing. Um, now is definitely the time to buy it. There's a little bit of question about, uh, you know, people people are saying it's one-handed, but it's two-handed. You hold the bottom unit down here in your second hand, and then you fly with your dominant hand. Your if you if you look down here and you see those numbers one, two, three, and four, and five, that's the sensitivity right there. You're able to, on the fly, download your or, or change your sensitivity of flying. So, for instance, let's say in Paul's case. Paul wants to fly out to a ship. Well, he wants to get out to that ship. He doesn't want to spend all of his time getting there. So he, he puts it on one and he flies out there real fast and he switches it over to five. And now he's got that butter smooth cinematic feel where, where no matter how much input he puts on the stick, everything is nice and smooth. And, and for everybody, it's a little bit different here and there. So five may be too much for you. You may want four or three, but they give you some nice choices. All your camera controls are right here. You don't even have to go into the app anymore. Just click these buttons and you can change your aperture, aperture shutter, all that stuff right there. You can handle all that right there on the stick. This is also, uh, I don't think I have a photo of, oh, well, you can kind of see it here. He's got it mounted on a tripod. It already comes with a quarter 360 on it. So it's all ready to go. Uh, if you got a tripod, just mount that puppy up. See that's fantastic, Curtis. That 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 sells it for me is, is being able to mount that on a tripod. I mean, it, it's 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 easy. That that makes it so easy. Yeah, it yeah. comes it comes ready to mount on a tripod. You don't have to buy anything else. Uh, it's one hundred percent complete. Two ninety nine. Pre order it now. They are shipping. They have them in stock. Uh, the actual shipping date starts. Uh, I think it's a week from now. Don't quote me on this. I, I really should research before I come on here and say this stuff. But um, the last time I talked to them, it's it's within a week that they're going to actually start shipping these. The ones that we have right now that are coming out to my staff, and we're getting these into the hands of folks like this gentleman here. Um, the, these were kind of like a pre-order deal that was special for us. And, and yes, there's no cost involved for, for us. We're reviewing them. I just want to be clear about that. You know, we did get them for free, but we're getting them into the hands of folks that need these things. Um, 
and we want to we want to make this hobby inclusive to folks. So when we first started talking with Scott about this, that was our interest because so many of us know so many folks around here. I have a friend of mine that has um, he was over in Afghanistan. He had a uh, an IED go off. He didn't lose a limb. He has both of his limbs and he has use of both limbs. But for him, his left hand is now everything for him is like an on off switch when it comes to the RC. So it's like all forward or all back, all left or all right. So he, he doesn't have that finite control. So with something like this, he's going to be able to fly. I mean, your throttle is under your thumb and your forefinger. Uh, you, he's not sliding his thumb under there for some reason. I'm not sure why if you're looking at this photo. But his forefinger also controls it. So you can you use that for your throttle up and down to go up in the air or, go, or lower. And, of course, forward and back, it's, it, it becomes intuitive which is, which is really surprising. Again, I don't have mine yet. I have not tried it yet. And it's because I live in the Pacific Northwest and everything runs late. As far as mail, we, we get everything like a day after everybody else gets stuff. But hey, the guy, Curtis, well, that controller links to the, the, the stick by Wi-Fi. Is that how it operates? Uh, so no, it's, it's wired directly into it. So, okay. uh, again, I don't have it, so I, I can't, I can't speak to anything yet about it. Uh, I will say that uh, Scott is located in Houston, and luckily enough, three of the guys that are on my staff are in Houston, and they uh, they also, uh, by the way, bot grinders here. That's cool. Uh, they got a chance to go down and meet with Scott and fly with him in person, and we have that video. We're going to be doing that video today on our show at 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern on Drone Owners Network Live. Uh, you guys might want to check that out, but the guys have them in their hands. They're going to be showing them off and talking about their experience with it. The The big thing, though, is these guys have been flying. Uh, Randy Foster's one. He flies for NBC and does a lot of the NBC news stuff. He got it, and he was like, well, yeah, okay. You know, I, I get it for people that are somewhat handicapped or, or, have, or have an issue or want to fly from a tripod or something like that. He said, it's just fun. It actually put some of the fun back in his flying. So for those of us that, you know, are interested in keeping the the fun part of it, this is just another another way of doing things. And the precision flight stuff, you know, the guys are telling me right now, I'm able to fly a straight line where before I would venture a little to the left or a little to the right. They're flying straight. You know, they see an object they want to fly straight to. They fly straight to it. And it's it's amazing. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about that today on uh, Drone Owners Network Live. You guys tune in. Actually, Bill, I, I think that that sounds like a win-win in the fact that it's not only good for people that might have mobility issues or whatever, but also for the professional guy that wants to get those cinematic, buttery, smooth motions. And probably it doesn't make any difference how bad the wind is. That should help you stabilize your drone even more. Absolutely. You know, I got to I got to concur. I mean, um, you know, Mike Rose just said that as well, too. It's something to be good for everyone. I mean, being able to, you know, go on a straight line if you're filming something, I mean, to, to you would have absolute total cinematography as far as the look and the feel of, of, of you know, of a Hollywood shot. It, it would be yours using something like this. I think it's fantastic. I know Ethan Mitchell just joined. And again, I want to uh, I want to call Ethan is going to be on my show on July 9th on Tuesday night, Rotor Talk Live. Ethan, I am so looking forward to having you on and sharing some time with you. So you guys want to check that out. That's going to be coming up. That's going to be on July 9th. I know he just joined the chat right now. And, um, you know, Curtis, th th this looks, this is a win-win for everybody. Um, you know, yeah. Scott ha has done, 
an incredible effort with this. I mean, I think he's I, I give a lot of kudos to Scott because, you know, when you come out with something like this, you know, there's a temptation to come out with it before it's it's 100 percent baked. And I think what he did was he made sure that this was more than 100 percent baked and he got it into the hands of some real professional drone pilots and to be able to give some great evaluations like your team. So um, kudos to Scott for this. This is this is going to open up a world for a lot of people. So just two other things I want to add about it, and then I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, Scott Scott is a, a surgeon, and he works in robotic surgery, and the, he's using a, a similar, not the same one, but a very similar unit, and this is where this got developed from, to use this, this technology to perform operations. So when you're talking about precision, this is where this unit has come from. He's also interested in drones, and when he's, when he was, when he's doing this stuff, he thought, why don't I just use this for my drones as well? So, yeah, there's some some functionality that that's not needed that he pulled out of it uh, that he would need for surgery and stuff like that. But yeah, this is something that uh, very, very precise control uh, figure eights. Let's just talk about figure eights. How many guys here can do a figure eight? I can do a figure eight, but not everybody can because they haven't been flying as long as I have with this. It's a twist. Of, it's literally just a twist of the knob. And then when you're ready to make the, the cut back around on the other side, it's, it's another twist of the knob. Think about how cool that will be able to do, or, or for you, for if you've never been able to do a figure eight, a tight figure eight, where it's where you're not overcompensating and going wide on the second part of the figure eight, you could actually do a tight figure eight with this with this unit. Now, is that useful to you? Probably not. But to be able to do it and say, hey, check out what I can do, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, just that's from- a, That's some serious I, bragging rights, Curtis. That really is. I know, because I've tried doing figure eights before, and I can do them, but like like you said, the second loop it ends up being bigger than the first one. It's just you know, and, and I'm there, and I'm putting. You can tell I'm putting that effort into it. You know, my tongue's hanging out of my mouth when I'm trying to do it. <laughs> you know, and I'm going the other way. You know, in that other in that second loop, it's wider than the first one, but it's like, hey, I did it. You know, it's, it's like okay, <laughs> but but with something like that, I can see that a hundred percent. I've been and, for quite and, a few years. And, and a practical application is. Just doing a point of interest shot instead of having go into the app. Okay, I wanted to do this and I wanted you just do it with the controller. Exactly, uh, Paul. Your lighthouse video was a perfect example of use for this, where you're orbiting that lighthouse while you're trying to keep that girl in frame. So much easier. You don't have to pull up the app and, and dial stuff in and tell tell the you know tell the director, hang on, let me get my let me get my point of interest set up and so I can do this. You just go up and do it. It's right there for you. So yeah, uh, from a professional point of view, from a fun point of view. From somebody who's limited in their ability to use a uh, an RC, I mean, it, it's a win-win all the way around. So yeah, we're fully supporting this unit, um, oh, and uh, we want to get this into some folks' hands and try it and out. The thing too is, we're drone people, but I can see this for guys that got remote control cars, remote control boats, remote control whatever. It it adds a new dimension to somebody to be able to do that. I, I don't want to step too far ahead, but I have talked to Scott. There are other other RCs that are coming along. Um, I should say not RCs, but other uses coming along with it. We're talking about planes. We're talking about boats. We're talking about cars. We're talking about a whole lot of other things. There's a lot of a lot of good things coming from this. So this is like the first thing that's coming out. You guys are seeing, you guys are seeing a really really smart guy applying what he enjoys doing and what he's already producing um, 
to our hobby and his hobby as well. This is also his hobby. He's he's kind of come back into drones now and uh, and he's enjoying the hobby. And he, you know, when he started playing with it, he thought, you know, I'm not getting a. This is a guy that's been in space four times. This is a gentleman that has performed the. It, it's on record as the most dangerous spacewalk ever happened in space and this is the this is the man has done it so when you talk about precision this guy's standards are higher than all of ours on this table on this panel put together so when he when he wants to do something he wants to do it very very precise and very very correctly uh, you know, so I, you know, I envision you being able to have a controller like that on your robo master doing the competition where you shoot shoot the other comp competitors and everything right from the stick from precision absolutely i gotta run guys have a great rest of your day thanks bill. Hey, take care great seeing everybody thank you very much bill